Welcome to Be Still Be Free. It's Sarah Gody and Monica Steely. Hey, everybody. And we are bringing you Women of the Bible for Be Thinkers. There were a lot of women thinkers in the Bible. There were a lot of women thinkers. Yes. You know what's funny, though? And this is just what I love about the word. When you look at it, I think, in a way that makes sense, is that there are a lot of examples of women that were not those things. Yeah. Or didn't think like that. Yes. And then there were examples of women who did. Yes. Yeah. So there are examples of what to do and what not to do. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Just like Jesus to make sure he does that for us. I wonder what my story would be. Lord have mercy. Would I be, would I be a to do or not to do? Oh boy. Well, there's probably a good mix, a good healthy mix for me. And yeah, yeah but which story would he pick to be in the Bible? That's, yeah, that's the true. Question. There's only usually like one or two of like a whole yes, lifetime. Yes. Oh, a snippet. What snippet would be in the Bible right. if God were going to use us as an example? For oh, the I don't think I want to know. I think that would be depressing. <laughs> Whatever brings you glory, Lord. Yeah. I just don't need to know about it. Just don't tell me about it till I'm in heaven and don't really care anymore. <laughs> All right. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. So, um, I'm kicking us off with an example of a woman who, uh, thought on things that are true and honest. And actually I'm talking about a woman who did not think on things that were true and honest. No. She's an example of what not to do. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, Oh, go ahead. Talk about me. And then you said not. And I was like, Oh no, I'm glad I didn't say that. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so this woman is someone who um, did this very poorly and the consequences that it elicited as a result of that were pretty um, well, I'm dying. serious. <laughs> okay. So my woman is Sarah Abraham's oh, wife. Great, thanks. You are talking about me. <laughs> Sarah with an H. Sarah with an H. Oh my gosh. So we know this is her story. God had promised heirs to her and Abraham that numbered more than the stars in the sky. Um, and she decided to take matters into her own hand. And she told her husband to go make a baby with her servant, Hagar. As a result, Ishmael is born and Sarah then becomes flat out mean to her servant afterwards and is bitter and resentful and all those things that she should be as a elder woman in her eighties of <laughs> the things that she made happen. Right. Um, then later, um, God comes to Abraham by way of messengers that were God of God, um, and says that <laughs> this, your brain around that. Yeah. Angels of the Lord that were the Lord. Yeah. Three of them, but really one, the whole Trinity was right there. And um, said, by this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Sarah overhears this conversation and she laughs to herself and says to herself, am I so old and my Lord so old that I should also, that, that we should have pleasure, which, you know, is her way of saying like, we're so old. We're going to we even enjoy even sex. sex anymore. Let alone, like, we're going to enjoy it. I think that's what she's saying, that we don't even have sex anymore. Yeah. I need to use that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't have sex anymore. And I wouldn't even enjoy it if we did. Like I am closed for business. <laughs> Is what she's saying. There's so many women going, Amen, right now. <laughs> That's so bad. My whole I, do, I do enjoy sex. Okay, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Okay. But then God says to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I surely bear a child when I am old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. And at this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it saying, I didn't laugh because she was totally freaked out and scared, of course, as we would be. And he's like, yeah, you did laugh. So she got busted. And they're 99 years old when this happens. 
Then, of course, we know that a year later, Isaac is born. So um, what I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about is that Sarah went about all of these promises of the Lord the wrong way, and it stemmed from wrong thinking. So Sarah fell into the lie, fact, and truth trap. Ooh, I like it. So she believed the first instance, she believed the lie. Um, When God said, I'm going to give you descendants that number the stars in the sky, if you can even count them. Um, Her words in Genesis 16, two are the Lord has prevented me from having children. Like the lie is I can't have children. Mm -hmm. So like, forget this promise. I can't have them. Right. The fact was that God had not opened up her womb at this point to Mm. have children. But the truth was that God said to Abraham, look up toward heaven and count the stars. If you can, so will your descendants be. So good. I, I need to use that, that whole thing more. So God gives the, gives the word, but she's like, Oh, heck no. I'm going to believe the lie. And then I'm going to look at the facts. But the truth is, this is what God said. Okay. Tell me again, because we talked about this um, when we recorded with you. Tell me what the words are again. Lie, fact, and truth. And I will tell you, I've done this to myself in my journal. If I were to pull it out, like I have done this just in the last few weeks of here's the lie I'm believing. Here's the fact of the situation, but then here's the truth of what God says. And it has been wonderful for me in my thought life. I love it. I I think, I think it's a great tool to use in parenting. Mm -hmm. It really is. Your kids see things a little more clearly. It really is. I've actually used it with Jaina, just Mm -hmm. even driving to school and being like, okay, don't fall into this. Like, you know? Yeah. I need to use it. Um, And then the second one is when God comes back and says, this time next year, you'll have a son. The lie that she believes is I'm an old wrinkled and weathered woman who can not only bear children, but I have zero desire to even have sex with my old withered husband. Interesting. (laughs) I made up these lies, by the way. Whether it's an interesting choice of words for her husband. (laughs) I meant weathered, not withered. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Withered. Um, The fact is she is physically past childbearing years and medically it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is a fact, but the truth is what God spoke in Genesis 18 himself is anything too difficult for the Lord. Oh, like those were his exact words to them. So good. So Sarah had like the greatest promise that God ever gave, like answered and delivered to her, but she for sure fell into this wrong thinking and just think about how much heartache and pain and anguish she would have saved herself. Had she just believed what God said and focused on truth. Well, and think about, think about if she wouldn't have asked the maidservant to go and like just that, (laughs) the impact that has had on the world. Yes. I mean, my, my daughter rolls her eyes every time I say it, but oh, what a tangled web we weave. Yes. Like we do that to ourselves all the time. And she created her own house of drama and pain and bitterness and everything that comes with it. And now like a, you know, bastard child, like the whole thing, it just was so awful, but it all stemmed from wrong thinking. So my example for true and honest with someone who did not do it correctly. Well, and what is so amazing is um, Mary is going to be my just and pure. Mm. Um, And it's the same story predicated on the fact that an angel of the Lord appears. Yep. Right. Tells Abraham, not Sarah directly. Sarah hears it and laughs, but the angel appears to Mary and says, Hey, by the way, you're going to have a child. And the thing that was so amazing, it was her purity and her innocence were clearly, clearly revealed in her words. It says, how will this be? Right. And she was not like Sarah by laughing and scoffing. Right. Like, you're crazy. I can't have a kid. Mary's just saying, no, like, 
Okay. I like how is this going to happen? Because uh, I read somewhere, you know, how interesting that the Jewish people, all the Jewish girls were hoping that they would be the ones that were chosen to have the Messiah. Hmm. I never thought about that because they I knew the Messiah was going to come. They knew the, the Messiah was going to come from a virgin, right? Like it had all been prophesied and the Messiah had not come. And so of, of the Jewish descent, most young childbearing or young girls grew up hoping that they were going to be the woman that the angel of the Lord chose to bear mm-hmm. the Messiah. Isn't that wild? Wow. Um, but her purity and her innocence were clearly revealed when she said, how will this be? Mary asked the angels, since I am a virgin. So same thing. Sarah's saying, because I'm too old, Mary's saying, because I'm a virgin. And um, this little author says, I think this is one of the strongest evidences for Mary's virginity. Mm-hmm. So she had purity of, of, of body. Yeah. Because I think if she weren't a virgin, she would be terrified to lie to an angel. Don't you? Like, uh, hey, I'm a virgin. How am I going to have a baby? <laughs> right. And the angel's like, oh, yeah, no, you're not. You know, like woman at the well kind of thing. Yes. Um. So, you know. From this, from her own mouth, comes evidence that she is a virgin. She's not married. She has any sexual relationships. She wasn't doubting like Zachariah did mm-hmm. with Elizabeth and Lord mm-hmm. shut his mouth. Um, she's just saying, okay, how? Like, I want, yeah, like I bet her question is like, so like, how's technically? This yeah. Like, because God is God. So yeah. how will we lay together? Yes. Because that's how this is she supposed knows to work. This, like, so, so Sarah's saying, <laughs> my husband's old. I'm old. We can't do this. But mm-hmm. Mary's like, okay, so, um, I need, you know, just give me a little more information. Right. What do you need from me? Right. Um, um, and I just thought, man, that is so crazy um, to think of being, they said that she was probably 13 or 14 years right. old when she's having this conversation with an angel. And before, when we designed, uh, described pure, there were three different kinds, physically, Levitically, and ethically, right? And so physically, she was pure. Mm-hmm. And ethically, she was pure, but she wasn't just pure in body. She was very pure in mind. Mm-hmm. Like she had a willingness so just a, mm-hmm. okay, God, how are we going to do right. this? It was very, um, very much a childlike faith. Uh-huh. And when he said, well, this is how it's going to go. She's like, okay, so be it. Yeah. So be it. She didn't say no. Um, and then when you think of the word just, so she kind of fit both of these for me in a wide sense, upright, righteous, virtuous, keeping the commands of God, only Christ truly approved of or acceptable of God. So she's extremely just, she didn't rebel. She didn't act out. She didn't throw fit. She Mm -hmm. didn't laugh. She didn't scoff. She didn't hide. Mm -hmm. She didn't mock. She didn't take plans, matters into her own hand and try to control how this was going to happen. Like, she just became a willing servant. Right. So I love that. That's my just and pure. Well, it's interesting that she's your just and pure because this has never happened before since we've right. done women of the uh, Bible. Um, but I, I have selected Mary for a lovely and good report. So how funny is that? Queen mother. I know, right. Right. <laughs> and a I mean, lot of coverage. I mean, I guess she deserves to have yeah. these accolades. There's a reason yeah. why God chose her. Well, she was a very specific and special person to yes. be chosen for this. So, yes. um, so yeah, so I picked her for lovely and good report um, based on a few different scriptures where we're told that Mary either treasured things in her heart or pondered things in her heart or reflected on things. Mm. Um, and there's three verses. Luke one twenty nine says um, she was greatly troubled at what was said by the angel and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. So like, Right. She thought through that. Um, Luke 219, Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. And that's when um, uh, the the three wise men said all the things about 
Jesus as a child that they said. And then when she brought him to the temple and Anna, the prophetess um, came and said all those things in Luke two fifty one, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Um, in Luke one twenty nine, the Greek for pondered is reckon up the reasons revolve in one's mind, deliberate. Mm. Um, and so Matthew Henry, um, I thought said this so beautifully, the Virgin Mary made the Virgin Mary made them the matter of her private meditation. She said little, but kept all these things and pondered them in her heart as she had silently left it to God to clear up her virtue. So she silently leaves it to him to publish her honor. And it is satisfaction enough to find that if no one else takes notice of the birth of her child, at least the angels do note, the truths of Christ are worth keeping. And the best way to keep them safe is to ponder them. Meditation is the best help to memory. Wow. And so it just like the importance of like all of these amazing things happen, but she didn't go sharing it with everyone. She didn't go post it to social media right away. (laughs) You know, like at all, like it were things that she was like, this is too big and too important. I want to just, I just want to like savor it and I want to like massage it around and play with it like Play-Doh in my mind and putty and just kind of keep it for me. Like, well, I don't know if you remember when we did Mary as a woman of the Bible, I had Mm -hmm. done her that week. And a couple of things that we had said was that um, she never disclosed that she, to our note, to our record in the Bible, she never disclosed that she was the mother of Jesus. Right. That was very private. Right. And when you think of good report, right? Mm -hmm. Like not only do you want to think on things that are a good report, but you are to be a reflection of things that are a good report. So I think this is really important to say that, um, what she did was hard. What she was willing to do was sacrificial Mm -hmm. and she wasn't always thought of in the best right way. Right. You know, she wasn't, people didn't think of her as lovely and good report. They gossiped about her. They, mm-hmm. you know, I can only imagine the things that were said of her in those mm-hmm. nine months and having to go away to live with Elizabeth during her pregnancy, just because of how it had become in her mm-hmm. own town. And so not everything that God calls us to do is going to make right. us popular and make people think we're awesome. Right. Absolutely not. The good report is with God. The good report is with God. And I love how Matthew Henry says she silently left it to God to clear up her virtue. I love that. And she leaves it up to him to publish her honor. And so um, she didn't go march. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She just let God do it. There While she no, meditated yeah. on truth. Oh, there's she so let him much, do that. So much in that statement of she allowed God. Yeah. I just thought that was so rich. It's huge. And then David Guzik says, the wonder of the many was a transient emotion. This recollecting and brooding of Mary was an abiding habit. Mm. And how often do we give life to the transient emotions instead of giving life to the abiding habits? Like the parallel of those two things I thought was just mind blowing. That's amazing. Um, The, the second or the third one in Luke two 51 treasured or pondered, um, is more accurately translated. His mother kept all these things in her heart. Um, the Greek word for kept is to keep continually or carefully. And the root word means to guard. There's an article by Mary Elizabeth Baxter, um, in one of the Bible study notes that says, yet from time to time, God gave Mary little bits of open heaven to strengthen her faith and keep her looking not at things that are seen, but things that are not seen. And I just love that it was that phrase, like God gave Mary little bits of open heaven. When you just said that, I was like, you know, I'm sure there are just so many conversations that he had to have with her throughout her life that we just don't even know about that were just private between the two of them. Because there's no record because she pondered. That's right. She treasured. That's exactly She meditated on. You know, another interesting thing, and we talk about um, things that are lovely and of good report. 
any of these things, really. Um, you think about how many people have elevated Mary to mm-hmm. a position of almost worship. Right. And I think it's really important that the only one that we elevate to a position of worship is always God. Right. Jesus. Right. Holy Spirit. Not right. not his creations. Well, she would be the first one to say, mm-hmm. don't put it don't on put me, it put on it on me. the Lord. That's right. Um, there's a post on um, a website called Graceful Abandon. That said, Mary pondered frequently. This wasn't tucking something away in dark recesses of her heart, but rather a holding of them closely so she could feel and touch and smell them. Mm. And so I just, I love that image too, of like meditating on things that are loving and good report. Like it's not tucking it away, but it's keeping it really close so you can get that full flavor mm-hmm. um, of what it is. Mm-hmm. That's really pretty. It's, it's kind of like thinking about it with the intention of obtaining it yeah. that we talked about. Yeah. Um, and then in the same post later, she says in Graceful Abandon, this treasuring and pondering is a beautiful way to grow in the Lord. Let him bring new, possibly scary, potentially overwhelming things your way and respond with thoughtful contemplation instead of riotous emotion. Ooh, ooh, read that again. <laughs> Let him bring new, possibly scary, potentially overwhelming things your way and respond with thoughtful contemplation instead of riotous emotion. Mm-hmm, that's so good. Which goes back to what David Guzik said. Um, the wonder of many was a transient emotion, but what Mary did was an abiding habit. That is awesome. Like just a gorgeous illustration. So how many times does God speak or act in ways that elicit riotous emotion from us? Sometimes it's wild frustration or disappointment or zeal that moves us to action before God says mm-hmm. to move. But this admonition to respond with thoughtful contemplation instead of riotous emotion is humongous for that me. That is amazing. Riotous emotion. Yeah. You might need to create a, a graphic with that little quote in there. I, yeah, that's I a great idea. Really, really good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because I think that's what we do a lot is riotous emotion. All, all we do is write this emotion. Well, I don't want to name call. All you do is write this emotion. Part of the I reason I got on Facebook was all y'all's riotous emotion. <laughs> Not pointing any fingers, but no, me. I mean, I, I agree. I'm the first one. I'm pointing fingers at myself. Yeah, like, I agree. How does this affect me? Like I take it also personal. How I react in the moment, even against yeah. people. You yes. know, just people. Yes, <gasps> so good. So, so good. She's my she's my lovely and good report woman. Okay, well, let's um, shift into virtue and praise. For mm-hmm. someone to have virtue, it means that they have the ability to withstand opposition, to make wise decisions in difficult situations, and to claim what is rightfully theirs, even when everything around them is in disagreement. Mm. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. So my gal for virtue and praise is Ruth, um, and Ooh. she has a whole book dedicated to her story. Only one of the two. So just I so, think you and I would each have a book. Should I, it be rewritten? Mine might be really short. <laughs> <laughs> I have at least a paragraph. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to kind of give you a reminder of her story. Okay. So she's a Moabite daughter-in-law to Naomi. Naomi, Naomi has lost her husband, two daughter-in-laws, goes to Bethlehem, after her husband passes away, says to her daughter-in-laws, you can go back home because both of their husbands had died too. Mm-hmm. So poor Naomi has lost all three Everything. men in her life. The one daughter-in-law, Orpah, goes back to her land and her people, 
and uh, Ruth stays with Naomi. Um, they, one of the things that Ruth does in order to provide for her Naomi is she goes um, to the fields every day and she gathers grain. She gathers yeah. enough to sell. She gathers enough to keep, right? But just enough for them to have. Um, she always handled herself in a way that was honest, moral, and humble. Mm-hmm. And in comes Boaz. He notices her. He's heard about her. You know, just the 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 village is mm-hmm. talking. The town is talking. They're new to town. She's a Moabite in here in Bethlehem. You know, kind of doesn't fit it's on in. the wrong side of the track. Exactly right. But when when Naomi comes back, apparently she inherits some land, or she has some land that um, she can't necessarily take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow Boaz is in this family uh, and is a kin- kinsman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Boaz knows this is her, um, has heard good news. She knows that she's been taking care of Naomi. She knows that she stayed with Naomi. She's been committed to Naomi. Um, and then he comes and like starts being kind to them and he wants to do things for them. And Ruth questions his kindness and Boaz responds that he's heard of Ruth's kindness toward Naomi and that the Lord God of Israel would bless her and her reward. And so the first thing there I thought that was so good is that he's kind of praising her, Mm -hmm. right? So we talked about how we need to be praiseworthy, not just think on things that need to be praiseworthy, but she in and of herself, right? has become praiseworthy. And when you talk about um, reading virtue again, someone to have virtue means that they have the ability to withstand opposition. So she's withstood the opposition of losing a husband, um, going into a new town with complete new people, Mm -hmm. different culture, everything. Yeah. People are talking about her. Oh yeah. (coughs) Why is she here? Um, the opposition of they have no money, they have no inheritance other than this land that maybe has been given to them in the family. And she does what has to be done to be taken care of her and Naomi and to eat, to make wise decisions in difficult situations. She was very strategic and Naomi was as well in helping her to make those decisions and to claim what is rightfully theirs, even when everything around them is in disagreement. You know, she didn't just sit back and not go and gather grain. She didn't just sit back and not treat Boaz with respect. She mm-hmm. didn't, you know, she didn't leave Naomi on her own. She stayed with her. Um, even when everybody's like, you can go home. Like she has relieved you leave. So not only is she praiseworthy, but she's a virtuous person in the way that she's handled herself. So after the harvest, Naomi encourages Ruth to meet Boaz on the threshing floor. So the threshing floor was kind of this place where they would sift the wheat and they Mm -hmm. would thresh it onto the ground and it would, it would separate the wheat from the husk and all that kind of stuff. Right. So just old way of doing things, but they would, during this time, they would often sleep there. They would eat there because it was all encompassing. It was sun up to sundown and they didn't stop all day long. Um, And in those days, culture was, if you were somewhat interested in somebody, you could sleep at the feet of that person. And you would, after they fell asleep, you could reveal their feet and you would sleep at their feet. And it's kind of like the servant to the master kind of thing. And this is not to say that she was, you know, the poor woman who slept at the feet. In fact, there's a much big spiritual uh, story here. It's almost like, you know, God, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Us, yep. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. So, long story short, he wakes up, he notices Ruth, 
And this is what it said. He blessed her for her kindness and noble character. And mm. remember that one of the definitions or synonyms for virtuous was noble. Right. To be praiseworthy was to be noble. So right. it was a word that could be used for both of those. Um, and that's in Ruth 3.11. So after this, they marry um, and they have a grandson named Jesse, who is the father of David. And uh-huh. so you think about the way that she handled herself with such character, with such... Um, focus. She, you know, everything that she did was purposeful, thought out, Yes, but she did it in such a way that caused him to have such respect for her. Like she was probably attractive to look upon, but it wasn't that that she used to flaunt in order to get his attention. Right. She didn't go beg him to take care of them because they didn't have any money. She didn't go tell him, you need to come buy this land because mm-hmm. then we'll be connected and you can marry me. He did that. He right. wanted to do that all because of the way that she carried herself. Mm-hmm. She was a reflection of virtue. She was praiseworthy. And in essence, that spawned the lineage of Jesus Christ. I know. Isn't that so crazy? Well, and it just goes to show she was able to act in those ways because obviously like what she chose to meditate on and think on were things that reflected those actions. Right. And she stayed very positive. And I think it's, it, the Bible is very clear that Naomi went into a time of bitterness. She went into a time of depression. Changed her name. Yeah. Changed her name and everything. It's, I think that if Ruth had been the same way, it would have said that. Yeah. It didn't say that. She stayed incredibly positive. She, she withstood the opposition. Mm -hmm. She went through the adversity. There had to have been a piece of God that transcended all of her understanding that encouraged her and gave her the hope to continue to do what she was doing. Absolutely. I mean, the willingness to say like, no, the truth, the truth of the matter is God gave you to be my family and you're my family. Like whether my husband's here or not, like we're together, we're family, like there's all of it down the line from start to finish. And Boaz is like this important guy, right? Mm -hmm. He's no little dude that nobody knows about. And Naomi's like, Hey, go lay at his feet. That's like saying, Hey, go say you love him first. You know, you text him first and ask him out. You say it first. (laughs) I'm not, the guy's supposed to ask the girl out on the date, you know, which is so funny because here she's sleeping at his feet. (laughs) Oh, you are not in the same room with him in his bed. (laughs) So anyways, I just, I don't know. I've always loved the story of Ruth and I don't think that we've covered her. Even though she has qualified for many of the words, but her story has always just been one that I think is just so beautiful. Her level of commitment. And just yes, doing what it took. Absolutely, I loved it. I think that's I so it. awesome. And she got she got a great reward, and mm-hmm. yes, not did. just in a good husband, but in who her grandson, mm-hmm. and then just being in the the family tree in mm-hmm. Matthew one of Jesus. Like, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, like when her husband died, I'm sure she wasn't thinking, "Oh, great, now I get to go be the grandmother of the great 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 grandmother of Jesus." You great know? ten times removed okay. grandmother. Yeah. Who knew? I'm, she didn't know. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, we do this um, episode every series of Women in the Bible because we just want to encourage everyone to know, like, A, the Lord values women. Yes. The Lord esteems women and has made them and gives us examples of them who are strong and bold and courageous and um just he honors them so much and we just think it's so important to find women because we're women that we can just identify with and call upon as examples um, in our life when a lot of times women in our real world maybe are harder to find so anyway we hope that you enjoyed that we will be back next week with a deep dive and wrap up our series on 
be thinkers. Be thoughtful thinking thinkers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh-uh. How long have you been saving that? I just it just came to me. See you then. <laughs> Bye y'all. <laughs>